business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Hi, everyone, and welcome. My name's Walt Bayless. I'm the host of the Business and People podcast. Today, I've got a very special guest, someone who's unique in the, in the field of business. I'm super excited to be talking with Sue Spence. Now, Sue is the two times Business Woman of the Year award winner. She has a unique business where she focuses on communication and body language. Those are her areas of expertise. But the way that she brings that into the workplace and into the community is completely unique and she does it with the 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 friendship and the companionship of horses and when we talk to sue we're going to find out how that communication and body language and how those barriers can be broken down through that unique connection with animals sue is also a published author author with her book Horses Who Heal. She also runs the charity Horses Helping Humans and she brings all of the com- uh, um companionship and communication skills into that business sphere in an incredible way. She's also then licensed her entire operation and grown her business massively. So we're going to talk to her about all of those things. It's a great pleasure to be able to introduce you to the owner of Horses Who Heal, the the amazing person that is Sue Spence. Sue, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great. It's an incredible journey. I've been looking through your starting point and you described your entire business as almost starting from accident. It was a total accident. So my, my background was the fitness industry for 30 years. I ran centres um, and it was only a, a dreadful turn in the road. I, I went through breast cancer and in that recovery, returned to my horses. I'm a professional equestrian from years back, show jumping and eventing. And I started doing natural horsemanship. So the anxiety I had from going through what I had been through was really acute. And as I was starting to do the natural horsemanship, which is with like cowboys and learning to stand and breathe different, to connect with our horses at that deeper level, my anxiety just dropped. And uh, I I couldn't believe it. You know, sitting around the campfire at night, we'd have, you know, show jumpers, polo players, cowboys, you name it. And... The comments weren't just, gosh, we're, we're, we're winning more on our horses. It was more about since we've been doing this natural horsemanship, our confidence has grown or we've got more tolerance and I'd be piping up, my anxiety's halved. And wow. I thought, hang on, this isn't fair that something that's worked so powerfully, I, I shouldn't not share it. Because yeah. to me, if you go through a really dark patch in life and you come out the other end with a bit of a light, it's your duty as a human being to turn around and shine that light for others to walk a brighter path. Nice. So I did a little workshop out in the Crumman Valley, this is uh, 16 years ago, to a group of women that I was um, talking about boundaries with. And when I stand a certain way, my 600-kilo stallion just backs away, <laughs> you know, wow. and I ask him to come and he comes forward. But the second I stand like this, he stops in his tracks. And I turned to all the women and I said to them, before we talk about boundaries, I need to show you what no looks like. It's not a word. It's a projection of your self-respect. Well, unbeknown to me, the lady that ran the Wesley Mission Disengaged Youth Program of Southeast Queensland was in the audience and she went, Sue, this would be so powerful for our young people who have, you know, no idea how they come across these ones (laughs) and these ones. So can I bring all my youth workers to your property? I went, youth? I don't work with youth. I'm going back back into running the gym again, you know, but someone had a different idea and... um, about six youth workers around the arena two weeks later they were blown away 
Wow. They started sending their most at risk um, young people. And within six weeks, we had re-engagement back into school and study. Um, three and six months, um, repeat offenders weren't offending. Um, domestic violence families started coming, drug and alcohol, child protection. And it, I never advertised it ever. And it just snowballed. And then people were finding out that I was making breakthroughs when no one else could with some of these clients. They'd exhausted all the other avenues. And um, so psychologists were flying in going, what are you doing? And I was wow. saying, well, it's the way you breathe and it's the way you stand out in the doors of communication. To me, it seems, you know, quite basic, but it's not, we're not yes, taught sure. it. We're not taught it. And um, and then the awards and then it, it's just, the you know, people saying we want this in our community and then the licensing. Um, so it's been very organic and it all happened quite by accident, but there's been thousands of people through the program now. And um then I went into training corporates as well. So I wanted to focus on that just for a second because most of our listeners are in that space. We're going to come back to the charity, which I think is amazing, not only because of the work that you're doing with the community, but because of the message that it can give to anybody that's feeling anxiety or feeling that depression side of things. So we're going to come back to that in just a second. But looking at the corporate side, I was reading a testimonial from one of, one of uh, the people that have been through your program who said that as a CEO, he had felt his ability to communicate with his team dwindling and because he'd been through your program, he was able to go back into his company and communicate in a much more effective manner. So do you feel that the communication skills learned when, when working with the amazing horses that you have is able to transfer into the boardroom fairly easily? Look, it does immediately. And sometimes people get a bit confused about what we do with the horses. We're not riding them. Um, but we're not doing therapy. We're not sort of just, you know, standing and talking with them. We're doing professional horsemanship ground skills. So people have to come in and learn how to, you know, back that horse away, bring it in, circle it, control it with their energy and pop it over jumps. And it's a very uh, quick eye-opener of how they're coming across to other people. So some, you know, I mean, I've worked with a lot of CEOs, so they come into the arena and it's like, why is the pony running away? <laughs> and I'm like, well, your energy's a little too high. So when you're working with your team, it's essential that you... <sighs> breathe out before you speak to an introvert. It's really tiny little tips. But um, with that particular CEO, um, he actually it was the biggest charitable trust ever to be uh, designed in the history of Australia. And uh, he was about to go into the boardroom to present this. He'd spent five years working on it. Wow. And I said, look, I, I don't think you should walk into the boardroom um, with that body because you look a little bit, a bit earnest. <laughs> his right. body was quite you know, earnest because it's his personality type, what we call a Larry, phlegmatic. And um, so in my ponies, I've got four different temperaments. So it's an easy way to understand, you know, you're more introverted. I said, if you stand like that in front of what we call a more dominant personality type, they don't tend to hear the end of your sentence. So um, I just had to, you know, reconfigure his body language a little. So he projected that self-respect and into that boardroom he went and uh, the board agreed almost immediately. So uh, it, it's a very powerful tool. He couldn't get my horse to back up. My horse was not listening to him. And I said that the words are there, but your body language is not projecting your intent wow. um, in a non-aggressive way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when, when I had my first mentor in sales, that's was where I started from, he threw an amazing statistic at me, which was 96% of all communication is non-verbal, meaning that it's the way that you come across that people are hearing more than the words. Is that something that you're building on with the workshops that you're doing? 
Look, that's what we're doing. And the funny thing is I've been teaching this for many years now, but we now have neuroscientists linked in with uh, research on, on why I'm getting the breakthroughs I'm getting. Wow. Because a lot of people talk about body language, but they don't, don't talk about adrenaline control. And I've worked with some of the top horse whisperers in the world, and you've probably seen movies on these guys, and nothing moves them. Like they can have a, a horse rearing up literally trying to take their head off, you know, with, with a problem, and they'll be going, you know, well, we won't be having that. They never show anger. They never show fear. They have this amazing ability to be calm in all situations, and that's what we teach here. It's the special breathing. So I can, I can correct my body language, but if I'm holding my energy here, because I'm getting a little bit defensive or I'm a little bit anxious or angry. Can you feel that yeah, change? But as soon as I breathe out, as I adjust my body language, that's when the change happens wow. and the doors of communication will open. So it's about how do you control your adrenaline? How do you consciously place your body language and breathe before you speak? And wow. when we train horses at the high level we do here, we turn you into a cowboy or a cowgirl for the day and unless you're conscious all the time of those two things, your energy and your body language, you will not get the connection and the results. So we get that carried straight into you know, a boardroom or a meeting room or presenting to someone or even family relationships. Because I was going to go there next. Disconnection happens all the time because people aren't conscious of how they come across Wow. to a different personality type, and that's the problem. Yeah, as a father mm. to two girls, I mean, my my personality type is very, uh, in the old school, it would be sanguine, it would be, you know, it would be very yes. loud and, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and coming across to my daughters, even when you're talking there, I can feel myself needing to soften in the middle to, to be able to connect with them in a, in a different way. I think that's fascinating. Do you find that um, that you're having those kind of breakthroughs not only at a boardroom level, but at a personal level, communication, connections and family? Oh, it's incredible. We, we do a lot of family work here, um, a lot of it with the charities through um, DV, but we have just family. So I often incorporate in my corporate workshop and go, oh, I've got to bring my whole family here because yeah, yeah. they're just connection. And um, we, we do this thing called Which Horse or Pony Are You? So <laughs> you're sanguine. I have a, a really cheeky pony called Yogi Bear and he represents... The, the sanguine and he's just in everything he's bored all the time I've got my scout <laughs> Sunny who represents the choleric the leader and I always say to whoever's there you know look at him say, who's that coming down my driveway <laughs> black white yes no and Mindy my white pony represents the melancholy your nurturer she's usually hiding in the stable too many people there and then we have little Larry who represents our phlegmatic and organiser and this little pony's just standing there waiting for everything to happen right. <laughs> and uh, it's easy for people to go oh my gosh I'm that personality type. And I go, well, when you live in a house together or when you work together in a team, unless you understand the differences in each other's temperaments, the doors of communication are never going to be fully open. And the most, the biggest tip I can give to what we call more extroverted personalities like Sunnies and the Yogis, when we talk to a nurturing um, Mindy personality, we must breathe out and relax our body language because when we do that, we create an emotional safe area for them to step into. And I want you to think about even around a, a meeting table who usually dominates that meeting. Mm. It's usually like a sunny, you know, choleric type A. Look, you know, we've got to get things done. You know, we've got to get some income flowing here, whatever it may be. And they'll be firing things around that table. And then they might fire to a Mindy nurture and go, Mindy, have you got anything you'd like to add? Well, Mindy with that tone will just, no. Get away. 
Yeah. I have to make that when I work with teams, I do a lot of work with teams here. I say to that very strong team leader, I need you to breathe out, even sitting at a table. I want you to breathe out and then turn to Mindy and go, uh, Mindy, have you got anything you'd like to add? Can you see the difference just when I breathe out? It's incredible. Like now, For people who, who are listening to this on a podcast, like, I really encourage you to, to, to track down the video here as well because watching Sue's actual body language as she's talking this through, you can feel the difference. And, and you described it as creating a circle of trust that that particular person feels comfortable to come into. Like if thinking about... Uh, the personality types and, and psychology goes back for hundreds of years defining those pretty much four personality types, you know, and there's obviously crossovers with majorities. And and, and what that means to me is that 25% of the people that you talk to are just like you and you're probably going to get along like a house on fire. But there's 75% of the population that you work with, talk with, do business with, have a family with that are going to be needing a little bit of a different approach. And I think that's just fascinating that I can see that here on the video as we're talking, and I hope you can hear it on the podcast as well, that there's a different method of communication with different styles of people. So I absolutely love it. Now, with, with um, when you were saying with your with your daughters, the great thing for you to do would be to breathe out and lean against a door frame or lean against something while you're chatting. Can you see that just diffuses all of that wow. energy? takes the focus and, away from the person. And, and become still when you speak because a, a yogi sanguine strength is the ability to be still. So stillness is your strength. With a sunny, choleric, yes, no, black, white, your strength is in your ability to soften. Softness is not a weakness, it's a strength. And especially with males, I have an issue with this at first when they go, oh, I don't want to appear like, you know, weak. I go, no, I want you to think about when you walk into the room, the calmest, stillest, most chilled out person is who you're drawn towards because that's the one that can obviously stay in control and keep everything safe. Wow. So Sunny Kendrick's job is to keep people safe, not make them feel scared. So by softening, it's not a weakness, it's your strength. Now, when you're a yogi sanguine, and a lot of entrepreneurs are, where are we, yogi sanguines, and on top of it, I've got ADHD. Right. So come on, guys. If my techniques work with me, I'm unmedicated, you've got a lot of hope. Okay? Awesome. <laughs> so, um, as a yogi sanguine, it's imperative that um, if people are going to watch this video, I talk a lot and I wave my arms around like you do. We're very passionate, but I've got something really important to say. It just gets mixed up yeah, sure. with all of it. But if I then have something really important to say and it comes from a stillness, people go, gee. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah, you see the power? Absolutely. absolutely. People aren't used to us being still. So that's the most powerful thing I can say if you're a yogi sanguine entrepreneur. I was, I was speaking to a, um, a very highly known uh, young business person, entrepreneur, Australian entrepreneur, but was having trouble dealing with some particular types in the boardroom. And I said, well, they can't see your strength of character because it's disappearing behind all your movement. So they don't feel that they can trust your decisions. But when you stand and you speak with them from a stillness, your strength of character is going to shine and they will be assured that you totally know what you're doing. So it's all these little tips that we give to these different personalities when I speak to a Mindy introverted, you know, nurturer type, their body language is usually very closed over, hands clasped, you know, across their tummy uh, because they feel very intimidated with full-on type A sunnies, you know. So it's a self-protection, but that's shutting off their self-respect. It's shutting off their confidence. So we have to teach them to stand like Wonder Woman or He-Man or Batman. And here's the most important thing, rock the weight onto their heels and then take their arms away from their sides. 
and immediately they're projecting a different confidence. Now, the reason being is that when you are standing like superhero, all the blood is in the front cortex of your brain. We call it the handy brain, okay? When you start to get reactive, anxious, defensive, or, or upset, the blood flows into the middle part of the brain. It's called starting to flip your lid. Now, if you don't capture it here and self-regulate, the blood, the blood just flows into your survival part of your brain, which is this part right down in your neck, and it's fight or flight, flee for your life, fight for your life, all you're trying to do is have a conversation with someone. Wow. So the neuro, neuroplasticity now research they're doing on horses helping humans is that when we breathe out and stand with our feet shoulder width, relax our shoulders and rock the weight onto our heels, as we breathe out and relax our belly, because there's a vagus nerve that goes from the brain to the belly, we must relax the belly. Testosterone goes up by nearly 25%. And cortisol, your fight and flight hormone, drops by 23%. So can you see now we have now got blood coming back into where we've got all of our intelligence, all of our awareness. So what we're helping people do is capture their different conditioned responses where they react so they can breathe out, have a new body language and respond. Now, everyone will have something different depending on your personality type. So this is why we pinpoint, you know, Sunny's is essential. You don't stab your hands on your hips. Just hook your thumbs in your pockets and you'll feel and see the difference immediately. Mm. As I said before, yogi, let's breathe out and become still so people feel safe and not, you know, a little bit on edge around our, our enthusiasm when they don't get it sometimes. Um, Mindy Melancholy, it's incredibly important that you stand like a superhero, breathe out and even hold a pen or a bit of paper in your hand when you're talking to someone you feel intimidated by because you'll train your brain not to move your hand when you're speaking to them because usually when you make a decision or say no, you'll introvert your body language. So a disrespectful person will take that and they'll know that they can change your mind. So keeping your hands still, you've got to retrain the brain. And uh, when we have our phlegmatic, you know, people that like to be organised, you get a little bit defensive and it's not aggressive. Um, Sonny's more aggressive. You know, you want to talk about this, but Larry will be, don't you speak to me like that? But can you see straight away my body language and my shoulders get tight? So I'm perceived as becoming defensive and you'll be thinking, I've said nothing untoward, but these people are getting quite, you know, defensive with me because you haven't realised your shoulders have got tight. So we look at shoulders, jaws, eyes, um, hands, the way feet turn in, all why they're working with the horses and that's why we've just had these breakthroughs and the neuroscientists are saying, well, that's because you're teaching people to self-regulate by training the body language to train the brain. I feel like <laughs> I've said wow a hundred times in this interview. Just, <laughs> I know, sorry, I talk so fast. <laughs> no, it's great. People just have to listen faster. So I, the, uh, the, the thought of being able to stand there with one of these beautiful horses who all have their own different personalities <laughs> And, and change the way your feet are, change the way your jaws set, change the way your eyes are, change the way your breathing is and communicate in that way. To be able to then take that back into, let's put it in inverted commas, the real world and, and say back into your family, back into that next communication or confrontation or whatever, where skills that they take with them will be lifelong. Like how long does it take for someone going through your program to really uh, internalise those changes, Sue? We get changes in a three-hour workshop, and that's what's been documented all around the world now. People can't believe it. And the thing is, because I'm ADHD, 
Uh, it used to be a curse, <laughs> but it's actually a blessing because we see 10 TVs on different channels at the same time. So I can walk into a room and be talking to one person but picking up what that person's doing, feel that person's energy. It's crazy. So when I meet people straight away, I've got them, oh, Mindy, Yogi, Sunny, Larry, oh, got to fix that hand, got to fix that fist. Oh, look, your finger's getting too tight on that hand, whatever it may be. Bang, the subconscious of the person speaking to you is picking up on that and they're starting to change the way that they're responding or reacting to you. I can so, see from an absolute mile away how how this business has exploded for you. Can I uh, can I just focus in a little bit on the on the licensing side? So you had you had almost the accidental breakthrough of developing that natural horsemanship, as we as you said it, from the groundwork and and how to stand and how to breathe. You were talking about around a campfire. You started bringing people in from a workshop environment and then you sort of went, hang on, this can be bigger. And you went into a licensing model. What have you had to learn as you've grown that business through those different phases? Oh, everything's been a learning phase. I mean, I know that the fitness industry did become very corporate, you know, like 20 years ago. So I was looking at it with different eyes then, but I had no sort of corporate business savvy. So when I was getting calls from around Australia going, look, we desperately need your program here, I I had like child protection or or youth justice flying students here or people coming to the Gold Coast. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm only one person. And luckily my licensee in um, Somerville and Victoria is a very savvy businesswoman and she came up and said, look, we, 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 need to re- we need to train people. And I said, well, I have no idea how to do that. But I used to be a Les Mills instructor. And, uh, of course, when Les Mills came out, um, I had to, you know, organise to get the gym licensed for Les Mills. We all had to train to a very high level. We had to attend workshops regularly. And I said to an IP person, because I hadn't even had any intellectual property done and again it was a very savvy businessman said to me again very well known he came and did a corporate workshop and he said so is your ip protected have you got ip protection and i went oh no and luckily he followed me up because he knew i was a yogi <laughs> he rang me up a week later forget about it tomorrow so you need you need urgently to get an initial property lawyer because this is this is really special what you're doing. Yeah, so don't. I found this amazing IP lawyer, and uh, when I said to her, "Look, I want to," she said, "Do you want a franchise?" And I said, "No, I want people to be able to afford it, so the community is blessed. I want them to become a charity." But I said, "I know Les Mills, and I know the Les Mills model of licensing. So horses helping humans is uh, the license is very similar to the Les Mills ones, and." Right. Um, We've now got licensees, they come and train really hands-on with me. So they learn to read the body language. A lot of them are pretty switched on straight away. That's why they're so suitable. We've now got Somerville, Victoria, Port Macquarie, of course our head head base here on on the Gold Coast. We've got Byron Bay Shire has just uh, come on board an amazing centre there. The Sunshine Coast, Innisfail, Atherton, Devonport, Tasmania. Um, We've got uh, New Zealand, Manawatu. Uh, and we've got Taranaki in New Zealand as well that is now going to be adapted specifically for repeat offenders and they've asked if it can be translated in the Maori language. So I'm incredibly blessed. There's a board of lawyers and a judge over there who, who got me into New Zealand. She goes, this is amazing. She did a corporate workshop here straight away. I need this in New Zealand. Now wow. for my repeat offenders, they've now fought. She said to me, "You need to become a board of trustees." I said, "I don't know how to do that." So all these lawyers and judges in Taranaki all formed a board of trustees. So there's Horses Helping Humans Board of Trustees New Zealand now. It's just been amazing. But if I can give anyone advice out there, is you've got to follow your heart. 
and you've got to be authentic. And there's been times when I've been to go and ask to speak at universities to, you know, deans and professors and I've gone, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to dress different and talk different. And I thought, no, they've asked me to go and talk because it's me. You've got to be yourself. Yeah. And sometimes the more professional you try to be, the more you cover up your authentic heart and then people can't really see what you've got to offer. Mm. And a, a big thing I do when I work with corporates here is I go, oh, you're sort of all stiff and awkward. Is that, is that how you go and present? I, where's you, you know? Fine. If you think, but I'm not, you know, my personality is not really professional. What's not professional is trying to be who you're not. You right. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, People know when you're real. <laughs> Actually, I had a I had a guest, um, uh, John Michael from um, from Melbourne, not so long ago, and he talked about that exact phenomenon and the impact that social media's had on it. Sue. So, all of these people um, with their you know their LinkedIn profile or their Facebook pages or their you know whatever it might be, and they they are putting out a persona that they think is what the public needs from them to be able to trust the business or to, you know, do business with them. But how do you feel about, you know, letting your personality shine through in those environments? Look, it's really important that people see the real you, but understanding we all come across differently. Sometimes we just have to regulate ourselves a little for some people. Be you, but a little bit less. Yes, or maybe learn how to project ourselves a little bit better. Yes. Uh, so we're but not changing our personalities. We're not taking ourselves away. We're just conscious that when we talk to a different personality, we need to respect of how they need to hear it so they actually listen to us. Okay. Very important. Yeah, but you've it. got to be yourself. I love it. So, Sue, Ken, I'm so conscious of your time and, and I know that you, you know, want to get me out into those beautiful horses outside. Uh, so thank you so much for, for agreeing to come on the show with us. Can I, can I ask you, let's try and help a couple of people. So we might have somebody who's, who's in, the, in the car, they're on their way to work, they might be, you know, on the way home or whatever. Let's try and help a couple of different categories of people. The first, the first one I want to have a shot at is perhaps uh, a businessman who feels like they're in a, uh, they're in a slump. You know, so they've, they've had this great idea. They've worked for a few years. They haven't achieved the dreams and goals that they thought they, they would by now. And they're starting to lose a bit of faith in themselves and in, and in their direction. How would you take that person and be able to um, help them reestablish their connection with their, their, uh, their message and, and their movement forward? Look, passion drives everything. You know, that we, we know that comes naturally to us as sanguine yogis. It doesn't come naturally to other personalities. So it's very easy to flatline. It's really important to have a tribe. You've got to have a tribe. So you've got to have other people around you that see your goal and feel your passion and surround yourself with that and maybe take a different pathway. Sure. Sometimes if you going through the same door is, is looking at re, redoing things. Now, often I say to people when they flatline, I call it flat lemonade. So if I'm going in and I've flatlined and I'm exhausted, I'm sick of repeating myself and going in and trying, I'll walk into a meeting with, I'll do it and you can hear it in my voice as well, um, with flat lemonade. Well, uh, yeah. This is a great idea. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> I really feel this is going to bring a lot of, um, you know, productivity. Everyone's going to get motivated using this. Can you see how? Absolutely. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Um, And I'm disappointed. And I think, but you don't know that one meeting you've walked into with your flat lemonade could have been the one person in the room that went, I like what this guy or girl is saying, right? So when you're feeling that flat awful thing, but you're on your way to somewhere, 
think of yourself as a can of fresh lemonade, right? You can shake it. Nice. You pull the little ring on the top and it goes, I want you to have some coming out of your eyes. So I hope people do go on and see the difference. I love it. How do you get a fizz in your eyes? You think about what you love to do the best. So if I'm flatlined and I'm talking to someone with my flat lemonade, am I going to think, I can't wait to gallop my horse down the beach after I've been to this meeting? Can you see it's now brought my eyes alive? It's Absolutely. actually brought life to my eyes. So people will think that the passion in your eyes is for them, but you're really thinking about what you're going to do. Like you your passion, your own life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is crucial, and it's called apathy, not apathy in your character, but apathy in your energy because you've just flat lemonade, you've had enough. But what you think becomes what you feel becomes what you project. Wow. So you've got to start changing the thought when you're in a situation where you've just had enough and you don't think you do Oh, my God, I can't wait to go kite surfing this afternoon. Can you see that da-da in your eyes? That brings your passion back. That's something that anyone can do, like literally right that time. And we've all been there, right? We've all been at that time when we're just exhausted. I love that strategy. I think that's fantastic. Thank you, Sue. There's one other, and, and it's, probably, it's probably a bit deeper. And, and, and to this person, I would say reach out to Sue. The Horses Helping Humans, um, is it Horses Helping Humans Australia? Is that the website? Yeah, Horses Helping Humans, yeah. Yeah. Horseshelpinghumansaustralia.com. So reach out to Sue if you're in this category. But Sue, let's just see what, what we can do here where, where somebody is suffering from, uh, it may be that domestic violence, it may be it may be workplace bullying, it may be schoolyard bullying, it may be that feeling that other people are coming on top of you. Are there some easy techniques, like you're talking about that 600 you know, kilogram stallion being able to back him away. Are there some simple techniques that we can give to those people that might just be able to help them breathe into the situation and feel better in control? Look, absolutely. And even if you've had a history of being bullied when you were younger, you'll carry that with you now and you'll have that fear of bullying and you'll actually project that through your body language. Uh, First of all, if if there's any uh, risk to you in in any violence, you must pick up the phone. And there's 24-hour phone lines everywhere now. They're all fully confidential, but it's just so you have a connection with someone so you don't don't feel alone. Um, We we, we actually, probably 70% now working with domestic violence uh, families. It's, It's just escalated. But I think maybe because... There's so much help now that more and more people are coming out of woodwork. But um, it's essential that your body language uh, does not attract perpetrators or bullies in the workplace. So um, hands clenched in, you know, feet together, and it's almost like you're apologising for entering the room. So if okay, you've got so that's a history, the wrong way to go. Yeah, yeah, because if you've got a history of DV or a history of being bullied or you're very sensitive, you're a beautiful, sensitive soul and you feel really intimidated by type A sunny leaders, you know, you just go, oh, my God, here comes sunny in a bad mood. I, 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 I can't even speak properly. Um, so it's very important that you breathe out completely when you start to feel that anxiety building because when you breathe out, not just breathe out from in your upper chest, but I call it the drop. You breathe out till you feel everything drop. Then you place your feet shoulder width apart and rock the weight onto your heels because we must immediately start training the brain to stop thinking that you're in dire flee for my life. We've got to breathe out, put the weight on our heels so our brain will go, oh, we're not in danger. Weight isn't on the balls of our feet. The weight's on the, on, on our heels. 
we can safely turn that, you know, adrenaline down because we don't need it to run or fight for our lives. Now, another great thing is to lean against a wall because you try leaning against something and then getting really anxious about something. Your body language is not, you know, nothing's sort of working together here. Your brain's like, I'm getting really anxious. But your, your thought is, your thoughts, I'm getting really anxious. But your body language and your breathing is very relaxed. So the part of the brain that releases those fight or flight hormones will go, well, hang on, your body language is relaxed. When you breathe out and relax your belly, it signals digestion is okay just to keep going. When you oh. hold your breath and tighten your belly, blood floods out of your stomach into your muscles. That's fight and flight. So Sunnies and Yogis will, will fight. Mindy's and Larry's will flee. But you want to have a conversation with someone. So when you engage, breathe out, relax your belly, weight on the heels, you're training the brain to produce the right hormones for the right time. And I would say, I usually say to my ladies, imagine you've got a beautiful piercing in your belly button and you want someone to imagine that you're showing them that piercing because you must keep your hips in front of your shoulders when you walk into the room. If you are a nervous type walking into a room of dominant people, if you walk into that room with your hands clenched by your sides and your shoulders in front of your hips, it almost looks like you're apologising for entering the room and your confidence is left out the door. If you breathe out completely, walk in that door with your hips in front of your shoulders and walk, I like to say, like you're selling your shoes, long, slow steps, because that'll sort of flick your toe up under your nose and it keeps your hips in front of your shoulders. Walk into a room long and slow like you're selling your shoes and the confidence that you will take into that room is an incredible change. Now, here's the other tip, and this is for people that are angry and frustrated as well. When you walk into that room and have that meeting and go and sit in your chair, you need to breathe out You just sit down. Because I could walk into the room with my long, you know, but then sit in my chair and go... Can you see that? As soon as I've had my breath when I sit down, I've now spiked my energy back up and I look anxious or angry depending on my temperament type. So when I breathe out as I'm walking towards my chair, I breathe out as I sit in my chair and lean right back. Uh, I then, if I'm a, a more of an introvert, nervous type, I place my things right out in front of me because normally Mindy and Larry's will sit with everything nice and right, tight right in front of them. You look around that table. Sunnies and Yogis have got their stuff spread out. You need to walk in there and go, I have a lot of personal space. I have a lot of self-respect. haven't even said a word. So you don't even have to feel scared of what am I going to say. It's what are you projecting? And self-respect is everything because we want to make everyone respect you because that's what you deserve. So I love seeing my very introverted, shy people that have been through bullying come here and watch them walk down the drive with a new walk. And the workbook I give them has everything written in it. So we reinforce it. It takes eight weeks to change a neural pathway in your brain, to start a neural different pathway. So at the moment, you might be a person that goes straight into anger or someone that goes straight into frustration or straight into anxiety. But if we stop at that, you know, when I talk about the brain flipping, as soon as we capture that emotion and breathe out and use the new body language you're taught, everyone's got a different thing that they've got written down, you're creating a new neural pathway. So instead of reacting, you're capturing and you're responding. Now, like the tracks the horses make here across the paddock to get to the stable, you know, you get a dirt track through the grass. That's like a neural pathway straight to anxiety, straight to anger. 
we stop, we breathe out, we self-regulate, we change our body language, we walk slower, we talk slower, we relax our belly, we open our body, we relax our shoulders. In about eight weeks' time, the new pathway starts to get trodden like a dirt track and the old neural pathway starts to grow over with grass. So can you understand how we're helping educate to train the neural pathways of fight and flight? Yeah, into a different response. Sue, I love it. I've spent half an hour with you and I can completely see how the the workshops that you run help people in all walks of life. I'm thinking schools, I'm thinking corporate, I'm thinking families. But I, I absolutely find it fascinating. And my huge congratulations to you from being able to um, not only not only go from that different industry through a traumatic experience into a new environment, but even during this conversation, you twice, you said, I can't do that. And then you actually brought back situations and reinforced that you can do that. And you've relearned those skills. So my huge, huge congratulations to you for, for not only seeing that path, but for walking that path. And I absolutely love the message that you deliver there, Sue. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity that you're giving people to work with your beautiful horses and in such a friendly and, I guess, communicative environment, break through some of their own barriers and start to really help in every aspect of their lives. So, Sue, thank you so much. Look, sir, thank you for, um, for having me because my passion is really to normalise mental health and uh, so many people have read my book and go, thank you so much for talking about it because when you have ADHD, you're born anxiety that's what we are you know highly sensitive people and until you can walk into your workplace as you can when you wake up with a bad headache and say to your team gosh I woke up with you know a shocking headache this morning that's that's okay that's normal to say until you can walk into somewhere and go gee I woke up with the worst anxiety today or gosh I woke up with the worst depression today we haven't got there yet can right. you see we haven't got there yet? So uh, I love to have a platform to say that um, emotional health is paramount and each temperament suffers it in a different way, but it's totally normal and there's still a lot of work to be done. So that's my goal. I love it. And, and of course, anybody that, uh, that can reach out to Sue, it's horseshelpinghumansaustralia.com and uh, you can grab uh, links to Sue's book there as well, looking at some of the different workshops and, and availability there. And I, I hope that a lot of people can hear that, understand the, the communication that's involved there as well and just the simple techniques that can change everything around you. Sue, thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful. Uh, I can't wait to bring my kids down to, uh, to meet the horses and to, to meet yourself as well. And uh, again, thank you for, for joining us on the show. It's been really awesome thanks for having me cheers hey everyone it's walt and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast we really love bringing these interviews to you and i hope you're getting a lot out of them we've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there so you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review subscribing on itunes head over there now make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us it helps more than you could possibly believe do that now and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode